second, I'm obligated to tell you that I really didn't throw Janine's things away last week, <laughs> tempted though I was, but I did get rid of a lot of things. So I was true to what I said I was going to accomplish last week. And I'm glad that you're here today, and I hope that this service is a blessing to you, not the least of which is the things that I'll talk about, but our, our ability to come here and gather and sing, to pray together, to share in the Lord's Supper. I'm grateful that we live in a country where we can do this at our own free will. Next Saturday at 1 o'clock will be the memorial service for Mona Brayman. And there will be a meal that follows. And as Mike, I should have contacted those ladies who are going to be putting this on ahead of time, but that is, uh, that's going to happen. So see me for any details you may need. And I hope that you'll take time out to join us next Saturday and uh, show our support of Chuck. Also, the Northern Michigan Bible Bowl is coming up the third Saturday in March. You may not think that it's a big deal, but it is a big deal. We practice going over the scriptures, and it's important for the kids to attend these. Now, think outside the box for a moment, and think of what it means for the other congregations in the North to be able to make contact with kids and see our kids. We are so blessed in this congregation to have so many young people. And it may come as a shock to you, but there are many congregations in the North who have no children whatsoever that attend. So count your blessings here. I am so happy to be a part of this congregation. I'm glad that you choose to keep me around for a while. Well, thank you. Thank you. I wasn't waiting for someone to say that, but I'm glad that you did. <laughs> and welcome those people online that are joining us today. The passage that we're going to look at today is found in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Pardon me if I step away from the podium for a moment. The thing that I'd like us to think about is the aroma, the aroma of the knowledge of Christ that we spread. And think in terms of your own scent, aroma. And it has nothing to do with hygiene at this point, nor will it throughout this passage. But if two separate men were coming home to dinner in one house, and a man enters Around dinner time, as his wife has cooked the food and said, What is that? And another man, going to the next house, enters and said, What is that aroma? Which one do you think is more well or accepted? Lost my grammatical term there for a moment. Which one do you think is going to be accepted better? I can there are certain words that we use for for those things which our olfactory part of our brain picks up. Aroma, scent, bouquet, essence, 
fragrance, balm, perfume, aura. Don't those have just a nice, a nice sound to them? All the way on the other end of the scale, we contend with words like stench and stink, redolence, malador, fetter, smell, foulness, offensive. We could make a clear line right down here. We could tell which one lends us to think of one that is more pleasing to our sense than the other. Our sense of smell is that which can take us anywhere in our life we would choose. If I were to ask you, what is the first smell you remember in your life? I can tell you what mine is. And it is such a great memory because it reminds me of my grandmother and grandfather. We went to visit them and they had pancakes and maple syrup. And as we walked into the house, that is what I smelled. And you know, to this day, Cracker Barrel notwithstanding with their, with their maple syrup, which I love to collect the bottles, by the way, but I'm not going to go there. But the smell of pancakes and maple syrup takes me back to that moment in my childhood. Another smell that I recall, I don't know if they still do this in kindergarten, they still give them rugs to take a nap on in kindergarten? Well, there was a time, and many of us can remember, when you brought a rug from home, and it was a nice, a nice size one, and at a certain point, you would lay down and take a nap there. How many of you remember that in your life? Oh, a lot of hands go up on this. Yes. I can't see that far, Wes. I can't see that far. But there are a lot of people that raise their hands, and I can still remember the smell of that rug. And it's not offensive, but it has that certain smell. And there have been a couple of times in my life to where I have, to where they tried to get me to take a nap, but I resisted with every fiber of my being. <sighs> you know, the, they have taken polls. They've taken polls for everything. But they've taken polls as to what is the most pleasing aroma in the world. Now think of this in terms of maybe you're walking by a store, maybe you're coming into your own home, maybe it is something that you burn in a candle. The number one aroma in the world is vanilla. Maybe not for you, but people have voted that overwhelmingly in several different polls. It is vanilla. Not sauerkraut, believe it or not. Not sauerkraut. But we know, we, we recognize things that are pleasing to our senses. The smell of freshly baked bread. For me, I don't know what keeps me from turning into the drive every time I go a place that has flame-broiled burgers. It just thrills me to no end. That's something I, I enjoy. Vanilla, 
burgers, I, I don't, it's somewhere up in there. But it is that aroma, and we all have our own aromas that, that does something for us. One of, the, one of the connections that they have made as it deals with our memory is that they believe that there is a correspondence to the loss, the sudden loss of smell and neurodegenerative diseases. There's a lot that goes on with our smelling. Things that take us back to places we have lived, things that bring memories to us, and things that we smell. Did you know you don't smell when you sleep? Most people are woken up. Firefighters will tell this, that that's why they have flashing light and sound, to wake people up during a fire, because you don't smell smoke. And people think, well, I do. Well, you do once you wake up, but be that as it may. There's a lot that goes on with our senses. Recently, I, I listened to a speech by a member of Toastmasters here, Eric Davis, who told him, and he remembered that smell as he shared it with his, his mother who had passed away, whom his wife, whom he drinks coffee with, that sherry, that aroma. All of these memories that come back that's surrounded by the sense of smell. And Paul makes a reference to this when he talks about that aroma. For one, it is the aroma of life, the aroma of Christ. And for other people, it is the aroma of death. And so as we talk about the aroma that we have in our lives, the aroma that people smell in our lives, the aroma that surrounds us in the life that we live, the actions that we take, the words that we speak. What is that aroma that Paul is talking about here in this passage? And how does that relate to our well, Paul starts out this passage of talking about he is thankful to God through Christ. If you look through Paul's writings and you delineate them and look at the number of times that Paul talks about being thankful, it always comes back to thankfulness to God. In this passage, because he sees that he couldn't find one of his disciples. He's not thankful that he found that disciple. He's thankful through God and through Christ of the things that he has. And look at the number of times that Paul says he is thankful. He always gives God the credit. There's an aroma, I believe, that surrounds Paul, that sweet savor. And if that term seems familiar, sacrifices that is made follows the flood. And it says that when Noah had sacrificed, that that sweet aroma, as some of your versions use, or that savor went up. And that term, that sweet savor or aroma, follows the sacrifices as you go through the old law. And it talks about that sweet savor that rises up in their sacrifices. And that really is a type 
of what you and I are today. We go and rises up that sweet aroma. So we see that that Old Testament was a type, but the reality is now in you and I in our prayers. And not just our prayers, but that aroma of our lives that surrounds us, that other people can sense. And why for some people is the aroma of Christ, and for others it is the aroma of death. See, not all of us like to drive by Burger King and smell. Oh, did I let on that it was Burger King that I drove by? <laughs> and love the smell of flame-broiled burgers. You cannot burn meat enough for me. For other people, they find that rather a stench in that. As we look at, at passages in our that relate to this. There is a delineation that is made when Paul says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. In this triumphal procession that Paul speaks of, think in terms of where Paul is at. Paul is in a Roman colony of writing to Corinth. They would have instantly recognized what Paul was talking about. Because under the Roman rule, when a general or a leader conquered, they would bring those people that were captives, and they would lead the way as the general made that procession through a city. And do you know who the people were that spread the incense, that smell? They were the ones that were captured the slaves. Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. In a day and age to where the thought of being slaves is so against everything in humankind, notice the number of times that Paul introduces himself himself in his epistles as a slave of Christ. You see, Paul wasn't ashamed to be a slave. He wasn't ashamed to be a prisoner in that. Now, I'm not saying that I am pro-slavery, but we need to look at this outside our slaves to Christ. And we are over when Christ conquered Satan. And now in triumphal procession, you and I spread that fragrance of Christ to the world. He said He always leads us in triumphal procession. How many of us think of ourselves as victors? As people who triumph? Sometimes we get pretty beat down. You'll have to admit. Amen? But that should not keep us from having that sweet smell of the incense in our lives. To not let life beat us down, but to have the idea that no matter where we are, we are those who spread the knowledge of Christ. And the knowledge of Christ is that sweet incense. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those 
who are perishing. You see, to those who are being saved, they smell that sweet smell of the aroma of Christ. And for those who are refusing Christ, it's really the smell of death for them. Look at a couple of examples. In 1 Peter chapter 2 at verse 7, very close to what Donato read. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. For in that rejection, the knowledge of Christ, the gospel, is the smell of death. In Acts chapter 18, speaking of Paul, he says, But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. They had made that decision that they were going against Paul not seeing that he had the aroma of life for them. Acts chapter 13 and verse 46, what we know of as Paul's first missionary journey. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Over and over we read of those people who rejected Oma going forth to them. But for them, it really was the smell of death. Because as Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And to refuse Christ is to refuse life. And within that passage that we read in verses 14 and 15 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, there is a, a line of your lovely color-coordinated chart in your bulletin? Some of us are visual learners. There's a lot accepting the aroma of Christ and those who are refusing it. Life, the knowledge of Christ, victory, and salvation. And those above and who have received that, they in turn become the aroma of Christ to the world by the lives that they live, by the words that they speak, by the gospel that they provide to those yet to be saved. And in your life, what is your aroma that you put forth? And again, we're not talking about vanilla. We're not talking about, I'm not even going to say the type of meat that is cooked over a fire. I'm not talking about the smell of freshly baked bread or childhood memories, but your aroma that surrounds you, your aura of what people see and sense in your life. Is it a sense of gratitude? Paul starts out by talking about the thankfulness that he has. And the number of times in Paul's letter, over and over, he talks about his thankfulness, whether he is being bound between Roman guards, whether he talks about being shipwrecked, whether he talks about the life that he used to have, but now he has a new life, he always speaks in terms of gratitude and thankfulness. 
And what do you think the people there in that Philippian jail in Acts chapter 16 sensed about Paul? Sure, they were in a Roman prison, and the overwhelming, may we call it a stench, of what you would expect to find in a prison. But throughout that, what overwhelming aroma did they stop and smell when Paul and Silas were singing? And in a world that is so filled with the stench of death, What do you think the aroma that we give off would be to them? Hope. Life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And for those who said, well, we have left all for you. And when Jesus said, I tell you, no one who has left father and mother and home will it not likewise receive how many times more in this life and in the next life eternal? What was he talking about? Well, sure, they might be giving up their physical family. But now, look at the brothers and sisters I have. And surely you would all let me come and live with you should my home be taken. Amen? Amen. Amen. There we go. There we go. What hope, what joy, what fragrance that is for a world that is so hopeless at this time. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has noticed how hopeless people seem to be in this world. For so many, life is hopeless. Nowhere to turn. But you and I have that fragrance of life around us. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, And walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet Smelling aroma. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, Paul wrote from his timeshare in the Roman prison. Philippians 4.18 Imagine sitting for this sweet-smelling aroma that they had received, they had given for him. And that's the life that you and I are called to live. A life of gratitude, a life of thankfulness, a life of giving, a life that smells so fragrant to the world around us. But not everybody's going to smell that sweetness. Some will smell it as death. And so the question that we come back to is, what is the aroma of your life? Is it, it 
the smell of complaining? Is it the... Oh, I hate to use those words. Those things which are the opposite of fragrance? Or can we see beyond these, as Paul did so many times in his life? And Christ, though he knew the cross was waiting, willingly gave his life for you and I to become that sweet-smelling aroma to God, his only Son. And so as we close in this sermon, and lesson is yours, to consider the life that we live. It all begins with Christ and ends with Christ through faith in Him. Belief and acting upon that belief, realizing that He has called us away from a world to repent of the life that we used to live and walk in light, confessing that He is Lord and Master of our life. And that final step that puts us into contact with the blood of Christ, being baptized into Christ, dying to the old life, rising to the new, becoming the fragrance to the world. If you're not a fragrance to the world, today is the day to start being that fragrance. And whatever help that you might need in that, in that journey, we stand ready to help any way that we can while we stand and sing.